0: Hey everyone, I'm Andy Trattner.
1: And I'm James Bollinger.
0: This is Yup and Coming, an open-ended conversation with interesting young professionals about their lives and careers.
1: We're so excited to have you along for the ride with us as we learn from our guests about the chances they've taken, the tough decisions they've made, and the great careers they're building.
0: In this episode, we speak with Wendy Trattner, who is my sister. She is a couple years younger, so she's still a senior in college, but she's on a gap year working in San Francisco doing mechanical engineering. We talk in this episode about how to get internships, um, teaching yourself stuff, and sustainability, starting a company, and overcoming um, difficulties with math and taking tests under time pressure. Lots of different things. Enjoy. you walk us through how did you grow up where did you grow up kind of your life story pre-college
2: sure basically i grew up in wisconsin um there's like nothing relevant except like the deep stuff so i guess i'll just go for it (laughs) um like so basically i grew up in wisconsin when i was uh around when i turned seven my Mom died, and my father went to prison, so I ended up living with different aunts and uncles growing up, Um, and basically throughout that experience, um, I wasn't treated super well, so I ended up just spending a lot of time like reading books, um, learning stuff on the internet, and I really, really loved just throwing myself into school and learning as much as possible. So I kind of found out throughout the years that I loved science. Um, And every new science I tried, I loved it more. So it started with like biology, and then I loved chemistry, and then I tried physics in high school, and that was my favorite thing. So I kind of just, everything I tried, ended up just loving science and STEM, um, so I decided to apply to MIT kind of on a whim, um, did not really expect to get in, but I guess they thought I was well-rounded or something. <laughs> um, so I ended up going there because that was by far the best school that I got into. Um, and I really liked the culture of just a lot of people that love STEM the way that I do. Um, yeah. So I ended up there and thinking I was going to study biology, but kind of was swayed by the engineering culture into studying mechanical engineering.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm so sorry about your about your parents, Wendy. That's horrible. And um, I, I guess the follow up question that I would have is, you know, having kind of had like the so much trauma and so much hardship so earlier in your life, um, how do you feel like that affected, you know, the way that you kind of went through school and, and, um, you know, what, what do you, you know, what, what do you kind of take from that? Like, what is, what is the, what are the biggest things that that kind of changed for you?
2: Um, well, for me personally, like almost everything I did in my life to be like, I don't know. To become successful um, was honestly out of out of a lot of spite for my aunt, um, one of my aunts, who did not treat me very well, um, and yeah, like I'm not super happy to say it, but honestly, just wanting to spite her motivated me to try my best to become like happy and successful, um, and kind of take the higher road Um, so for me it was kind of a a tough transition like once I got to college and I felt like I finally did something great and I was happy um, I had to figure out a new source of motivation so for me that kind of just became like wanting to help improve the world specifically by solving climate change Um, that became like my new source of motivation because I think it's just like a really important problem. And um, I think it's kind of crazy that we haven't done enough um, to solve it and that a lot of people don't even know about it. And those who do know often don't care. So for me, it's just really motivating because it's frustrating. It's like a frustrating problem. And it's a big problem that probably I won't ever solve, uh, at least by myself. So it's, it's something that I feel like I can kind of dedicate my life and my like career to. Um, And it's pretty fulfilling to have something Mm. like that, to be passionate about.
1: What was that transition like your freshman year of college? I mean, I know that for most people, that's a hard transition, but it sounds like you had you know, so many added layers on top of that of um, you know, kind of getting back your aunt for not believing in you in the same way. Um, you know, did you did you kind of find your your kind of new sense of purpose and this new focus on uh solving climate change pretty quickly or was that a, a longer process?
2: Um I don't know. It was kind of a bit of a longer process for me to like realize that was really what drove me. Um by the time I got to college, like, I was still working on, like, cancer research a lot and doing, like, biology, thinking I was going to become a doctor. <laughs> um, but kind of, like, I don't know, the more the more I, like, thought about it and realized what kind of clubs I was drawn to and research projects, I just, like, realized, I mean, I knew in the back of my head that I, like, was really passionate about climate change and I was, like, on the climate action team and the energy club and, like, looking at climate classes. Um, but I don't know. Something, like, clicked probably probably actually took me until this year that, like, this is actually the thing that I need to work on. And I should stop working on other things that I don't care about as much. Um, yeah it was just kind of like a switch like why am I not doing this because clearly this is the only thing I care about
1: <sighs> totally and what were some other questions that you had kind of freshman year of, of college like you know there's so many things that are changing in life uh what were some other like aspects of you know maybe your your longer term path that you were trying to kind of navigate to
2: it was rough <laughs> My first semester, um, I joined this, like, crazy party floor because I never, like, in in high school, I, like, never went to parties or, like, had any alcohol or anything. Um, And I thought that was, like, really exciting and cool. (laughs) So I joined this crazy party floor. um, And then my second semester, when... uh, that, the first semester, we don't have grades. It's just pass-fail. But the second semester, all of that kind of hit me. I realized, like, I was not doing a good job academically um, because of that. So I, like, ended up leaving that floor to prioritize school. Um, and I felt, like, a lot of just uncertainty and... Um, like, lack of confidence in my own abilities, um, for just, for a lot of reasons, I think, like, growing up, I kind of had an insecurity in my, like, math abilities, because I always took a really long time on tests, and sometimes didn't finish, um, even though, like, I did well on the problems I finished, (laughs) um, it just took me longer, so going to MIT, and, like, comparing myself to all the, all the really smart, like, math nerds um was pretty daunting so i had this like already like kind of insecurity or like imposter syndrome my whole freshman year um and then on top of that i like really didn't know what i wanted to study so i hopped around i was planning to study biology i started kind of thinking like huh maybe i'll study physics um or, like, material science. I ended up changing my major, actually, a couple times my freshman year. um, Because it was just really hard. And it's really hard to know what you want to do before you try it. So it really did take me joining the solar car team and, like, trying some mechanical, like, projects, like, actual hands-on projects for me to realize that that was what I wanted.
1: Definitely. I think there's so many uh great insights in that for people who might be a little bit younger and still trying to figure out like where they want to go in their career or what they want to study in college um you know i think that the freedom to go and try different things and that feeling of like you know kind of being open with yourself about having maybe not having figured it out and wanting to go and try something else is really important and um and and congratulations on doing that. I feel like a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people like kind of start doing one thing and feel like they should just continue doing that. Um, but there's just a lot of awesome options out there. So it's great to get around and try.
2: Yeah, man, definitely. Um, <laughs> that's actually one of the things that I've always been kind of also insecure about. Um, I have a tendency to like want to try everything. So what I'll do sometimes is like, if there's a lot of options, I'll actually just try everything, um, and sometimes that means joining something, staying for a little bit until it gets a little bit boring, and then trying the next thing and like quitting the first thing. Um, so, yeah, that is actually just a tendency that I have as a person is like always looking for like the next thing to try, um, but. Yeah, I used to think that was really bad quality because it meant that I would sometimes like quit things prematurely. But in hindsight, I think it's actually been really good for me because it's given me the opportunity to very quickly figure out like what I really like and don't like. Um, and I'm proud to say that I have actually stuck with uh, a few things that I actually really like, such as mechanical engineering um, and like sustainability stuff.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so hard to find those things. And it's like, sometimes does take quitting a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, Andy and I are both big proponents of quitting things that
0: you don't love and, you know, experimenting a lot and, uh, moving around. You mentioned imposter syndrome and like the math and the technical barriers. Um, I think this could resonate with people on on many levels uh can you talk more about the challenge of of this uh technical stuff or or any other challenges that you've had um professionally or or in schooling
2: 100 percent um yeah so yeah I don't know some of this might have to do with the fact that like I grew up as well I'm a woman um and honestly like growing up I didn't feel like anyone was telling me like, oh, you can't do X, Y, Z thing, but there's kind of like subliminal messaging and like, um, I don't know. I would notice like, especially as I got into like higher, like AP classes in STEM, like there were just less and less women. My like physics class only had like five women and like 20 dudes and then my engineering class that I decided to take my senior year just for fun, I was um, one of two women in a class of, like, 35, Um, so I just kind of, like, I don't know, I felt like there was this really subliminal messaging that, like, women aren't as good at math and STEM, Um, or, like, I don't know I just I always just never even considered being an engineer because it wasn't really presented as like much of an option um I don't know for me actually Andy went like you were the engineer like you always wanted um to like be a NASA engineer and like make rockets and stuff and I just kind of thought like oh that's like his thing um And so I just had my own thing, which was, like, I wanted to be a vet growing up. Um, Yeah, so I, like, didn't even consider it. Um, And I always took really long on math tests. So I kind of just, like, had totally ingrained in my own mind that, like, I wasn't good at math um, because I was slow at math. Which doesn't really mean that I'm bad at math. Um, I learned in hindsight. So anyway, I get to MIT, continue to do really bad in math. Um, <laughs> like my very first, um, my differential equations class, um, my first graded math class like, did not go well at all um, for a lot of reasons, but I don't know. It just definitely continued to sink my confidence in my math abilities. Um, yeah, so I kind of thought like, I kind of thought after I got to MIT even that I should go the least technical path possible and like do the easiest thing with the least math Um, and I actually picked mechanical engineering a little bit thinking that like it was the easiest math which in hindsight that is just not true and there is like way more math than I thought there would be Um, but I ended up getting good at it and That actually, when I decided to commit to mechanical engineering and, like, commit to working really hard to understand everything and, like, get good at it, um, I really just decided to challenge myself and, like, learn, like, kind of relearn foundations of math, relearn differential equations, um, and really push myself, and then... Part of the validation was like once I started doing well in classes. Honestly, I felt a lot better about my abilities um, when I learned how to like study. Um, that was also a big step because I guess before college, I like never really learned how to do that. Um, but honestly, learning how to study helped me like feel a lot more confident in my in my classes at least, and then. Outside of class, definitely is much more important, though. So on the solar car team, even then, I, gained, I joined with no experience, so I kind of felt like it wasn't really helpful. I didn't really know what I was doing, um, which is part of the reason I decided to major in mechanical engineering so I could actually feel like I was helpful. Um, but it wasn't until my first internship that I actually felt like Okay, I can do this. I can be a mechanical engineer. I know what I'm doing. I can figure stuff out by myself. Um, and yeah, that really just came with like actually accomplishing projects at my job, um, with people helping me, but like having something to say that I did this, I have a result um, And working through that um and then actually I think the biggest confidence builder for me was realizing that like even in industry there's a lot of people that are like seasoned engineers that have been working for a while like like adults and a lot of them actually don't know what they're doing um or they're kind of just they're like trying to figure it out the same way that you are um so, like, once I had my first internship and noticed that, I, that, my confidence was through the roof because I realized, like, there were actually some cases where, like, my recent technical exposure, like, in class to something actually made me, like, able to think about a problem on an even deeper level than, like, someone with, like, 10 years of experience in the industry. And, like, I could propose solutions and, like, think critically about things Um and have, like, actual discussions on the same level as some of these, like, professionals. So, for me, that was really eye-opening because, I mean, if you think about it, like, a lot of these, these people have the same education as you or similar. Um, and so... They're kind of like, I don't know, it's not that crazy to imagine that you could work alongside them.
1: There are a lot of great things to dig into there. Um, one thing that really stuck out to me is you're describing how especially earlier on it just took you a little bit longer to do math problems. And I think that that that's like so common, right? Like there's so many people who are actually really great at math. They just take a little bit longer to do problems and, you know, math also I think is it's a very detail-oriented subject, so taking a little bit longer isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yet our school system is really set up to kind of incentivize like doing things quickly, right, and like fitting the time limits of a test. Um, how do you feel like we could improve that?
2: I think that time limits are ridiculous. Um, honestly, yeah, like I've reflected on this a bit because. Um, lack of confidence in my technical abilities is like something i'm still kind of overcoming even though i know like i'm not stupid and i'm actually a pretty good engineer um and i yeah a lot of it comes from it's just rooted in this like in, in school throughout your entire life your like ability is determined by a grade on a test and yeah, for me, like the reason I think that I've always performed worse in math than anything, any other subject, is not because I'm bad at math. It's really just because there is a time limit, um, and like given enough time, I will figure out almost any math problem. Um, but I like I don't know I I don't perform well under that stress of Knowing there's a time limit, um, and I think that that clouds like a lot of people's minds. Just feeling that pressure, and I think it's so unnecessary because, like in real life, that's just not how things work. And you also get help in real life. You have teammates uh, working on your projects with you, and you have the internet um, and calculators and I don't know. I just think. I think growing up, like, it's important to learn math, um, and be able to do it, but I also feel like calculators should be more, like, accepted, um, and I also think teamwork should be more (laughs) accepted, um, but, like, yeah, I think the biggest, I don't know, teamwork could be exploited, but I feel like the biggest thing is really just Time limits should not be a thing, or they should be, like, absurdly long. Um, Yeah, I think take-home tests are a lot more valuable than, like, in class, like, you have one hour go kind of tests. Um, Those definitely would be more reflective of, I think, my abilities, at least.
1: Yeah, I think this really connects to... um, Malcolm Gladwell had a great podcast a while back about how the LSAT is... Kind of this really strange way of testing who's going to be a good lawyer because it's extremely time-based and every section is very tightly timed. Uh, but then when you talk to a lot of law school professors and successful lawyers, you know, and people who end up doing well in law school, uh, a lot of it is about just your overall writing ability and ability to come up with arguments that are you know based in evidence and understanding of what the law actually says. Um, and so none of that is really about the time limits and a lot of professors prefer like 48 hour timed papers. They think that's a better assessment of who's actually going to be a, a good lawyer. But, you know, of course, the people who get into law school are chosen by this very tightly timed test. How much do you feel like your internship uh, kind of builds on things that you learned at school or is it uh, totally different? Like what's that relationship like?
2: <laughs> that's funny. Um, I actually really firmly believe that most things Industry, I think I have not learned in school at all. So, I recently joined a new startup called Tro in January, and we're building super efficient um, AC and heating units that are more sustainable than what's currently on the market. I joined as an intern, and that is because I am taking a gap year from school right now. Um, I haven't technically finished. I have one semester left, um, and I took I took the year off because of COVID mostly, um, and I've just been kind of exploring different uh, career paths and internships. But this is I've been wanting to get into uh, sustainability tech for a while, so I'm I'm hoping to join this company full time eventually, um, but. I'm currently working there as a mechanical engineering intern, so I'm helping with a lot of the testing and some design of the product um, and basically preparing, helping prepare in a really hectic time for um, launching the product in the next year, hopefully. yeah, so I've learned by far the most by just asking questions people to people that have more experience in industry um, and by trying things and doing things, which we really didn't get a lot of in school. Um, but some of the theory that I learned in school is, was like, is occasionally helpful, especially now because um, right now I work on like thermal fluid systems and that is like a really deeply technical challenging field so the background from that class actually did end up being helpful for understanding like certain design decisions but overall like actually doing engineering I think mostly school is not super helpful. I think the biggest thing is just to like ask a lot of questions, especially if you have someone you feel really comfortable talking to, like someone around your age that can act as a mentor that maybe has been there for like a couple years longer than you. Um, Yeah, for me, actually, sometimes I feel um, uncomfortable asking a lot of questions because I worry that I'm like bothering people who are super busy. Um... Or, like, I should just go figure it out by myself. Or I don't want to sound stupid by asking stupid questions. But um, overwhelmingly, like, people expect the new person to ask a lot of questions. Um, and I've I've definitely heard the feedback before that I should ask more questions. So I know that um, people are always okay with that. And it's good to get comfortable with asking a lot of questions.
0: How have you developed... Um, people skills that you, you consider important or communication and, and soft stuff um, and maybe knowing how to ask good questions?
2: Um, I don't know how that happened. It just happened naturally. I don't know. I So I joined when I started high school. I mean, I did mention like my tendency is to try a lot of things until I find something I like. Um, so in high school, I tried a lot of things. Um, I tried the I joined the swim team my freshman year and then um, I tried the debate team just because it sounded interesting. I ended up loving it, Um, just like absolutely loving it. And I ended up doing debate all four years in high school and I became like the captain my junior and senior year and like won a bunch of tournaments. And I just like dedicated all of my time outside of school to basically writing cases for debate, Um, because I just really loved it. Um, And I don't know, like, not everyone finds that kind of thing. Um, So it's hard to actually say that everyone should, like, do a bunch of clubs and dedicate all their time to it. But I feel like for me, it was definitely really enriching to have stuff outside of school that I was doing. Um, Especially, like, I think something so different than what I knew I was gonna do for my career. Like, debate really has not that much to do with engineering, but I loved it because I was learning like really different skills Um, like writing, um, making arguments, persuasion, um, just like, I don't know, a lot of different soft skills that ended up being really helpful for like writing my college essays. Um,
1: yeah, do you feel like you like found communities based on on those activities too, when you got to college?
2: Oh, totally, yeah, um, well, not those specifically, but like yes i'm I did like bond with people that I knew like also did debate in high school. um I also in high school, I also like joined the rowing team my junior year. So I also, like, at MIT, I ended up doing, like, the rowing club for a little bit and meeting people that way. Um,
0: James is a big rower. I for- should have mentioned this connection. <laughs> what made you interested in rowing?
2: Oh, um, I don't know. All, I feel like everything was just because I knew someone that did it and they, like, told me it was fun. And I was like, okay, I'll join. I'll try it. Um, yeah, so I had like a random friend that was on the rowing team, actually someone from debate, um, that was also on the rowing team. Um, he was like, well, actually he was really trying hard to recruit me because I'm small and he said I'd be a good coxswain. Um, so I actually joined as a coxswain that was really fun for a little bit until it got boring and I wanted to row. So I just became a rower. Um, I think rowing's way more fun. It, yeah.
1: Yeah, Cambridge is a cold place to be a coxswain. Um, a little, little warmer if you're a rower. So taking a step back here, you so you're doing debate. Did Did these kind of activities that you're pursuing on the side ever start to creep in as stuff that you might want to pursue professionally? Or were you always pretty focused on like, no, I really care about you know, first biology and then and then engineering, and um, you know, and, and I want to do something more related to like solving climate change.
2: No man, I had no idea what I wanted to do for a career, like no idea. I knew I had no idea, and it gave me some anxiety. <laughs> but I knew I'd figured it out in college, at least.
1: If we're thinking about you know people who are in high school and college, and and maybe feeling that similar level of anxiety about what they might want to do in the future. Um, what would you say to them in terms of whether or not anxiety was useful for you? Like, did you feel like that feeling kind of pushed you to start to answer those questions or was it just like a waste and you should have, you know, just known it would all kind of come together?
2: I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty inescapable feeling. Almost everyone that I knew, like my freshman year also had that feeling because we had to decide that our major, like at the end of our freshman year and most people, at that time don't know what they want to do there's like maybe like 30 or 40 percent of people come in and they're like I have always wanted to be a software engineer (laughs) but that that was definitely not me um and definitely not a lot of people I knew so I don't know I don't think you can do anything about the anxiety but um I do think the most helpful thing to actually figuring out what you want is honestly doing like clubs um, or like research projects or like trying to do something hands-on like in the field that you're interested in because it's really hard to know until you try it.
0: Do you have additional advice for like actually how to go about doing projects in a field that you don't know about or, or don't have experience in?
2: Yes, um, I feel like this is everything I've ever done has been something I don't have experience in. so um, so the very first thing I did to like get my foot in the door um, at MIT was my in my, when I was in high school, my brother was already at MIT so he definitely helped me um, but basically I ended up cold emailing, a lot of professors, and just being, just expressing that I was really excited to learn biology, um, and that I really wanted the opportunity to, like, work for them. So, finally, like, one professor was, like, I love your energy, and he let me come work in his lab as a high schooler with no experience, and that was, like, the best experience ever, and it taught me that you can do anything if you just, like, email enough people um so yeah i i highly recommend literally just like being honest explaining why you want to do something and like cold emailing or linkedin messaging people um because yeah it's really really there's really no way to get experience um except for doing something like that um unless there's like a club or something that you can just easily join. Um, it kind of comes with some effort on your part to make opportunities.
0: And I think one tactic that you did that I was really impressed with, yeah, you, you just went on your own and you like read a bunch of papers and you like quoted technical things at these professors as like a, whatever, 15, 16 year old. Um, so you really did put in a ton of work It wasn't just like blast, you know, a spreadsheet full of the, like, templated emails. You crafted each one to talk about the specific biology that was, like, being used.
2: You're right. I totally did do that. I forgot. Oh, wow. Young me was smart. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, I did do that because I really didn't think they would want me. So my insecurity drove me to do extra work, I think. And it paid off
1: wow, that is a ton of work to do, especially in high school. Um, And I think this connects with a big theme that, that has come up in like all the conversations that we've had so far, which is this like, just getting out there and kind of making opportunities and reaching out to people who do interesting things. And I almost feel like Andy, if we made like a, you know, top five pieces of advice from all the episodes so far, like that would be number one of just always cold email people who are interesting to you or have jobs at places that you are interested in working at and like start conversations because it definitely can lead to some great opportunities
0: volume it's a numbers game even if you have almost no chance point zero 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 one when you email a billion people you get you know a hundred opportunities
1: yeah and if you don't email your chance remains zero so you (laughs) know
2: exactly um and i feel like It's interesting because a lot of I know a lot of people that like I've tried to give this advice to and they're really resistant to it and like when Andy first told me to do this I was very resistant to it in high school because I was like afraid of rejection pretty much and so I was like I'm not gonna email them that's crazy they'll never respond to me um but yeah like that's yeah, that's just a barrier you have to overcome if you're haven't if you not used to it. Um, I think it's just definitely always better to try than not to try.
0: It's how we get all these great guests on our podcast. Just I blast all of my friends and five of them respond. <laughs> the 500 don't.
1: Totally. I often think back and I, I feel um, a lot of regret that I didn't take a gap year before college because I feel like working and getting that perspective before going to school would have been really good. Um, but I'd love to hear Wendy about, you know, now that you've kind of made the decision to take a little time off for this year and get some working experience. Uh, you know, obviously we'd love to talk to you after you go back to school and see what that experience is like, but just thinking about going back and kind of doing your last semester, um, are there any changes that you're going to make or any ways that you're going to kind of approach that academic experience differently?
2: Actually, yeah, I'm a little bit undecided about it. Um, partly because... So the gap year has been awesome for me because I, like, finally had the epiphany that I should switch into sustainability tech, Um, and I found a company that I love. I tried really hard. It was like, it took a lot of effort to actually get the position, Um, and I really want to stick with this company. So part of me kind of wants to just, like, finish off my major as soon as I can with, like, as little difficulty as possible and just take like easy classes um but I don't know assuming I don't know if they gave me time off or like didn't want to hire me till after I graduated then what I would do is take like probably more programming classes um and like potentially some deeper I don't know actually there's so many things I want to do I only have one semester left so it's a little bit hard to prioritize but like yeah my gap year has made me like want to take a Chinese class I like want to take um some more like climate change classes um energy tech classes um uh, but yeah I don't know it's it's really gonna depend it's gonna just depend how I feel then, I guess.
1: <laughs> definitely. Uh, what spurred your interest in Chinese?
2: Well, I have been traveling a little bit uh, this year, uh, which is questionable, but um, yeah, anyway, I did. <laughs> and i I met some people that like speak Chinese very fluently and I don't know, being around them just made me want to like... I don't know, be able to understand. Because I'm half Chinese and I don't speak any Chinese. Um, And I I tried to say like one phrase for like the last two months and I still can't say it properly. So um, I just feel like it's something I really should learn and I want to learn. Uh, So I don't feel like such a cultural imposter
0: what What are you most uncertain about or what do you most want to resolve and and how are you um going to to do that or if you don't know, that's fine?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few things that have been on my mind recently. Um, my current my current job, I absolutely love the company i've I've only been here for like for what like two months a month. That's crazy. It's been like not even two months. But I've done a ton of work already and I, I feel like I'm learning so much. I love the team. Like everyone on the team is awesome and I have so much to learn from all of them. Um, and I'm really, really passionate about the mission. I love the product. Um, I'm excited about the early stage of the company um, and just like the opportunity for growth at this company. Um, but at the same time, Uh, It is like a pre-seed startup and we're preparing for launch. So it's been like insane. Like, yeah, it's been like kind of stressful. Um, I work a lot harder and a lot more than I did at my other internships. Um, So for me, like something that's been on my mind is like, just, I don't know, I'm just trying to figure out, is that really what I want? um and I think at least for now the answer is definitely yes because um, I think it's important to like push yourself and grow a lot when you have the opportunity, especially early in your career um, because I think if I chose to do something that was much easier or less technical, I would forget, um, or, like, miss out on a lot of technical growth, but yeah, I don't know. It has been on my mind wondering if I should prioritize having more, like, work-life balance and free time, um, because I know that's also important for, like, mental health, um, and I, I recently realized that I love traveling, <laughs> so it's really, really hard to do that if, if I stay in my current company. Um, yeah, so that's just something I've been thinking about a little bit. I, but for now, at least, I definitely want to stick with it because I feel like it would be stupid not to. I really like the company. Um, but yeah, it is hard to figure out what you really want in the long term. Um, and choosing between like competing, uh, competing things it's tough
1: absolutely and ongoing there's like never a never a final correct answer on that stuff
0: you also technically have uh, i think two semesters if you wanted right you're trying to graduate early with one additional but your full senior year is in front of you so in theory you could go back to school twice for one semester each
2: that is hypothetically true yes <laughs> I don't, I don't, I haven't even thought about that option for a while. Once I decided I wanted to graduate a semester early, I don't think I've, I don't think I would go back for a whole nother year. I don't think it's worth the tuition, honestly. Yeah. But I love school because like, I love learning. (laughs) And I, I feel like school is like the only place, like after school, you never get this opportunity again to just. Spend all of your time learning about whatever you want. Um, so that, yeah, I do want to go back and like really savor my last semester, actually. Um, but yeah, I do agree that it's, it can, it's also soul sucking sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's... It's a beautiful thing in hindsight about like just how much focused, concentrated time there is spent on learning. Um, but I also agree with, with both of you guys that there is a lot to gain from working and um, probably some balance between those two makes sense.
2: Definitely. I think, yeah, working in the workforce it has it's a lot less stressful. I don't know why. It's actually stupid because all all stress in school is like self-imposed pretty much because you don't have to care about your grades. But if you do care about your grades then it's really stressful.
1: Yeah, it is such a weird dynamic, right? It's like in school you're the customer, like you're paying to be there. And yet it's a really high-pressure environment a lot of the time. And then you know, I think a lot of people have very high pressure, stressful careers, too. But it does seem really different. And I I would agree with you, I feel like in my career, so far, I've felt a lot less stress, like it feels more normal, it feels more like,
0: you know, fluid, um, even though, like, they're paying me. Wendy, uh, you taught yourself how to do programming. Is this a recommendable activity? You were very not happy during the process.
2: Oh, during the class. Yes. So I first taught myself, I made a little very basic website. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then my friend wanted to take a short one month class. Um, it was like a web development competition class where you, you basically have like two weeks to build a full stack website. Um, and Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it would be a really good, I mean, it's like a really good opportunity to pass up because it's only one month, so you know you'll be fine in a month, uh, no matter how hard it is, and it's like a full skill that you learn, so I just did it, and yeah, it was really tough because I think we were the only two people in the class that were not uh, programming majors or computer science majors, so... I was over here like trying to understand what a server is and <laughs> um, like learning all the lingo and stuff. I think that if you have the opportunity like a great opportunity to learn a new skill, you should do it because it's worth it um, and like as a result of putting myself through that class which was really really compact and hard for me. Um, I learned a ton and we ended up like winning an award and it was awesome. And then now I can like throw together a website pretty quickly. Um, And that was useful this summer when I tried to start a company uh, and made a website in like a day. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is very specific to me because like, I really like art. So I enjoy like designing websites, and I think it's just like a fun, kind of like mindless activity to do. Um, but no, it's not for everyone. So I wouldn't really recommend that specific thing to everyone.
1: That's super interesting that you uh, started your own company. what was the what was the the goal of the company?
2: Um, yeah. I spent this summer trying really hard to like start a company uh the idea was to help restaurants sell their excess inventory food um, at a discount and i wanted to do this because i saw that in europe there's a company called too good to go that does exactly that it's kind of like uber eats um except the food you get is all like leftovers or stuff that would be thrown away Um, And that's really important because food waste is a huge problem in the U.S., but we don't have any solution like that where people can redistribute um, food that will be wasted. So yeah, I thought that was something cool to work on, Um, but it didn't end up working out because (laughs) um, it turns out during COVID, restaurants aren't really open <laughs> and they aren't really caring about their food weights that much
1: just a small problem yeah yeah that's really an opportune timing i'm sorry yeah
2: um yeah my hypothesis was that it would be a better time because um i don't remember <laughs> it doesn't make any sense in hindsight um i thought restaurants would like i don't know i thought they'd be more concerned about their food waste because they're trying to cut costs but no they're just like not ordering they're just like under ordering food to cut costs instead
1: that is an interesting response i mean i would i I totally agree with you that there is like another very plausible theory that restaurants business has been cut drastically right and they're trying to deliver via these different platforms like you know Uber Eats and Grubhub and Doordash and whatever, um, but you know they take a, a cut too, so the business becomes a little bit tougher. So you would think they'd be looking for like other sources of revenue and ways to reduce losses, um, and like a you know a system of of selling kind of their their leftover stuff would be great. But um, it, yeah, I mean I guess if they're just cutting their inventory orders down a lot, that's another way to solve that same problem
2: yeah also yeah a lot of these things were based on like an outsider perspective but when i talk to restaurant owners there's like so many things i learned like they don't yeah they like don't think about this in the way that as an outsider i would think about it they're just like trying to think about their customers and like how to like just get through the day (laughs) they're not really like trying to optimize everything all the time.
0: What else did you learn in the process of um of going for this also while working full time, right, at your internship?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned that I should not try to start a company while working full time because I burned out. Um I learned that the very first step in starting a company should be talking to customers or potential customers and just asking them about the status quo um, before you do anything or try to make a product or have an idea even. Um, so yeah, I don't know because there's, there's a lot of stuff in there, but I don't feel like I don't feel like we should go into that because I could talk about that for like another 10 hours.
1: Do you feel like there will be more entrepreneurship in your future?
2: Yes, um and part of the reason i I tried to start a company this summer was because i I just wanted to get some experience. I didn't necessarily expect it to succeed um, in fact, I really didn't because I don't know like I know that I have a lot to learn, but I wanted to learn as much as I could about how it how it will go when i start my real and successful company in the future. Um, So yeah, I yeah, my goal is to eventually start uh, some kind of company around like climate change and clean energy. Um, Because I I know there isn't enough being done. So there's definitely something that I can do to innovate and like help accelerate um, solving climate change.
1: Nice yeah, always good. good to get in some reps early and have you know sounds like a great experience um, and I, I wish you the best of luck when you uh, when you launch your next company
0: Wendy, you I think have done some really remarkable up leveling not only technically and in many other aspects of your life, but um, just adulting and maybe like one example I'm thinking of is is money um, Maybe do you want to tell? tell the world about that that little journey and then more broadly like any other adulting skills um or like mentors or things that have like taught you important um ways of being that maybe you want to share with um kind of the general college student who's trying to to become like a self-sustaining individual
2: yeah um definitely so well for me um money was always like a gray spot I didn't know anything about um, about how to save or how to I don't know what's what's the right way to like save money for your future and create security for yourself um and like I don't know like should you open a retirement account and what kind um and yeah so for me especially because like I don't know we didn't really have parents to um teach us these things I like pretty early on in college um, started kind of asking around um first with my friends and my friends told me a couple of them who like had credit cards told me I should get a credit card um, so the first thing I did um pretty early on in college was I like got a credit card to start building credit history um, And I realized, like, wow, there's probably other things I don't know that I should do. So I actually got in touch with, like, a financial advisor. Um, Someone that I knew introduced me to a financial advisor who was willing to just, like, chat with me for free and give me advice, um, which was awesome. So I went and talked to this guy in Boston, and um he just happened to be like a really sweet caring guy and i like told him my story and he just gave me free advice (laughs) um and he he recommended some books to me so he actually bought me a book called rich dad poor dad and a book called the richest man in babylon and um i he made me promise to read them and like I don't know I don't normally do that kind of thing but because he bought them for me and was like so kind I did it and I like delivered on my promise and I went back to him later and like told him what I thought of the books um but yeah that was really the start of it so the book Rich Dad Poor Dad kind of introduced me to the idea of like you should just like save whatever extra you have um or actually, no. You should make it a priority to save. So you should first like save for yourself, um, and then think about how to budget the rest of your money. Like saving is really important, um, and then also that investing is really important and making sure your assets are like growing. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really go into like specific advice on that, but there's a lot of different ways to do it, and. Honestly, just talking to people who are good at managing their money is a pretty good start uh, to figure out what you should do. And it, it varies a lot, but I don't know. I once I once I was exposed to that kind of literature, um, I just got more interested in like learning more, and I started like doing some investing, and I opened up retirement accounts and like made it a priority to save money. Um, and yeah, that one guy just like helped me a ton and I'm very grateful.
1: Nice. I actually read rich dad, poor dad, just like, I mean, maybe three years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, it's like a really fast read and does have some really good advice in there. And I think it's, it's good to start thinking about that stuff early.
2: Yeah. I, it's, it's a really good exposure, good, a good early exposure to like, oh, this is how I should think about saving. Um, yeah, so it's a good start.
1: It turns out, I don't know if you I, I read this article about it afterwards that uh apparently he made up many of the details about like the two dads and it it's like it's mostly a fabricated story, but the lessons of the story are really good. So.
2: <laughs> They're so good <laughs> yeah i'm I'm not even mad about that. like, who okay. cares? <laughs> yeah um, and then the other book I mentioned uh the richest man in babylon it's a completely it's like a fable about like this guy in babylon who's like the richest guy i don't know (laughs) it's just like i think it's like 10 chapters and each of them is like one lesson you should learn about like how to save your gold coins and buy the biggest (laughs) boat
0: farquad went to the market and saw a camel yeah
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that but uh it's just got some like good principles in there that you kind of learn about how to think about money and yeah I went back to this financial advisor and I was like okay like this was a lot of really broad ideas but like tell me what to do like what should I do concretely right now um but I don't know I ended up kind of just figuring that out for myself um and just doing a lot more research to figure that out.
1: What is what is your biggest boat that you would you know love to save up for?
2: Oh, um, um, I actually don't know. I feel like I'm saving for the potential of like maybe buying a house in the future. I guess um, at least I would like to have the opportunity to like buy a house when I'm older. <laughs> That's, like, the biggest expense I can think of that, like, I will, I might have.
0: We've talked about uh, Tesla.
2: Maybe. <laughs> if if I am wealthy enough.
1: <laughs> we can't all be homeowners like you yet, Andy, so we got to <laughs> take steps.
2: Yeah. Um. I would also, I would really just like to have the ability to, like, travel freely and not worry about, like, if I can afford it. That would be nice. So I'm partially also just saving for that.
0: Maybe we'll do three three fun quick questions and that'll be it. Um, So, Wendy, what is the most dangerous thing you've done?
2: Oh crap.
0: (laughs) What is this reaction?
2: I'm trying to think. I feel like I did something recent, like somewhat recently that was dangerous. I don't know. I think driving the solar car is like probably. I went scuba diving this weekend. That felt kind of dangerous. Um, But aside from that, I think (laughs) when I was in the solar car race, Uh, The car really is only stable up to, like, 40 miles per hour. (laughs) So um, I went down, like, a really steep, long hill um, and got up to, like, 63 miles per hour. And keep in mind, this is, like, a one-person vehicle built by students, like 100% built by students and it's like made of duct tape and like glue (laughs) so I was going like really fast like 63 miles an hour down this like hill in the mountains on like a really narrow road and on either side of the road there's like a sheer cliff drop so yeah that was like kind of scary (laughs) I felt like if I hit a rock, like, I definitely would have died um, in
0: this, like... No no power steering. <laughs> the, everything's...
2: Yeah, no. There's no power steering. There's, like, minimal... Like, the braking probably couldn't have even handled that if I needed to brake. <laughs> um, it was... Yeah, it was terrifying.
0: What is uh, something you find exceptionally beautiful?
2: Uh, Nature. <laughs> animals um <laughs> I don't know I I don't know yeah I don't know the first thing I think of is like just like nature I I am going back to like I visited Peru my sophomore year for like a research project in the Amazon rainforest and the most I think yeah looking at the rainforest just in in like a really untouched area where like nobody lives. We're just at this like remote station. That was like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen.
0: What is a YouTube rabbit hole or social media guilty pleasure that you have recently experienced?
2: Um, well, I, I haven't been on YouTube in a really long time and I don't really like social media. So my entire Instagram feed is just dogs, <laughs> and it's great, and sometimes I, I look at that. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a good question for me.
0: <laughs> that's
2: pretty good.
1: And that's such a wholesome answer. I feel like everyone, like now, like with everyone stuck at home, like there's just, there's just so much stuff on the internet to like start watching and reading and whatever, and dogs is probably a good way to spend your time.
0: Thank you, Wendy.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Wendy. It was it was great to um, <laughs> get to meet you and and um, learn about all these interesting different facets of your life.
2: Okay, I'm going to um take care of Lucas's bunny.
0: Oh, Pabu. Really? Say hi for James.
2: Wow, okay, you know them. Okay, cool. Yes, Pabu yeah. I've never met him. I'm very excited, so I'm going to go meet him right now. <laughs> Bye everyone.